If you're reading the Old Testament this year, read Genesis 17, Nehemiah 6, and Psalm 16. This devotional is about Genesis 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram, but your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will descend from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you, and your descendants after you, to be your God, and the God of your descendants after you. And to you and your descendants I will give the land where you are residing, all the land of Canaan, as an eternal possession, and I will be their God. God also said to Abraham, You must keep my covenant, you and your descendants, in the generations after you. This is my covenant with you, and your descendants after you, which you are to keep. Every male among you must be circumcised. You are to circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and this will be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Generation after generation, every male must be circumcised when he is eight days old, including those born in your household, and those purchased from a foreigner, even those who are not your offspring. Whether they are born in your household or purchased, they must be circumcised. My covenant in your flesh will be an everlasting covenant. But if any male is not circumcised, he will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, do not call her Sarai, for her name is to be Sarah, and I will bless her, and I will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will descend from her. Abraham fell face down. Then he laughed and said to himself, Can a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Can Sarah give birth at the age of ninety? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live under your blessing! But God replied, Your wife Sarah will indeed bear you a son, and you are to name him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you, and I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He will become the father of twelve rulers and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. On that very day, Abraham took his son Ishmael and all those born in his household or purchased with his money, every male among the members of Abraham's household, and he circumcised them just as God had told him. So Abraham was ninety-nine years old when he was circumcised, and his son Ishmael was thirteen. Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised on the same day. And all the men of Abraham's household, both servants born in his household and those purchased from foreigners, were circumcised with him. This is God's word. Two major events in Israel's history were recorded in this chapter. First, God changed Abram's name to Abraham in verse 5. Second, 
God commanded Abraham and his descendants to obey his covenant of circumcision. We saw that in verses 9 through 14. Of all the commands God gave to Israel throughout the generations, this is the only one that they obeyed faithfully. The generation that entered the promised land had not been circumcised by their fathers. But that appears to be the only time when this covenant was not practiced faithfully. You can see Joshua 5, 2 through 8, for the fact that they needed to get circumcised as they entered the land. But again, that was the only time, as far as I can tell, where circumcision wasn't faithfully practiced. Circumcision created a permanent, physical mark on a man's body that separated him from other people in other nations and specified that he belonged to the nation of Israel. That was important for preserving the unique ethnic identity that God wanted. The Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaites, and later the Philistines, and many others had their own identity for a time. But then they were absorbed into other nations and other ethnicities. Circumcision set God's people apart from these other nations. But the covenant of circumcision had a much greater importance than just creating and preserving a national identity for Israel. God told Abraham here in Genesis 17:7 that the purpose of the covenant was, and these are the words of the NIV, in uh, chapter 17, verse 7, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. That was the purpose of the covenant. Although it was a physical mark, it had a spiritual purpose. Faithfully marking each man physically apart from the spiritual purpose made it an empty ritual. For us Christians, ordinances and routines such as baptism, the Lord's Supper, faithful church attendance, and Bible reading and prayer are some of the ways in which God's grace helps us grow in Christ. But a person can do those things without actually becoming a Christian, without God actually becoming your God in the sense that a person knows him as Lord and Savior. You can do those things and not even be a Christian, not even really know God as your own God. But even as genuine Christians, we can lose focus on our walk with God while continuing to practice these very routines and ceremonies as Christians. Our practice of them becomes work that we do either out of habit or just out of sheer willpower or because we think that they give us extra merit with God rather than as an expression of our love for God. But that's not what God wants from us. God didn't save us so that we could mindlessly practice routines. He saved us so that we would walk with him and live for him from the heart. So is there anything you're doing as a Christian that is expected of Christians, but that does not come from your heart? If so, ask God to reignite your passion for him so that you can again become a person who walks with God faithfully from the heart, even as you practice the things that are expected of Christians. So think about that today, and I'll see you next time. May God bless you. Hope you have a great day.